Welcome to another episode of Don't Believe Jack. Uh, I am your host, Jack Michelle. <gasps> Jack Michelle! Um, no, this is, a, this is a far cry from SNL. Uh, it's much better. Uh, so, greetings. Um, um, I did, I, I took 500k. Uh, I paid, I paid Anchor 500k to, to have my my podcast listed as a, as a preferred podcast. Um, I think it was worth the money and I don't regret it in a bit. And I will see you down at the district courthouse. Um, that college scandal is hilarious. Uh, some, uh, a friend of mine was, was joking, uh, that, um, that, you know, back in the day, if you wanted, uh, to get into somewhere, you would just, you just give them, you just give the school $1.6 million and your kid can get it. You don't have to. You don't have to do all this weird stuff. You don't have to do all this weird, this strange, you know, this indirect uh, thing where to get your kids into school. Um, it's funny, man. Uh, I, 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 it's. I, <laughs> I got, I got emails uh, from two different institutions that I attended, and I was like, well, look, at least they're keeping up with one another. Um, you know. No one's falling behind in this weird fraud scheme. You know, everyone's getting a cut. Everyone's getting a taste. Leland Jr.'s getting a taste. Ella Hughes getting a taste. Everyone's getting a taste, okay? All is right in the world. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not going to give you a freaking hot take on it. I, I mean, because I, I, I haven't read enough. I don't read anymore. All I do, all I do is watch, I watch Vice and I watch Teletubbies and that's it. Somewhere in between is where the truth lies. Um, I, yeah, I, I you know, you know, I, I know, I know the faintest about it and I, I haven't even read about it because I, I don't think it's, it's interesting people having a strong reaction to it. Like, oh my God, it's so unjust and, and, you know, like Hollywood is coming out against it. Um, you know, so I don't know. I guess some folks are in trouble. Um, I mean, it, it'd be hard. I mean, look, I, I literally know nothing about it, but but I will say it'd be pretty hard to be like, I didn't know what was going on. Like you're paying a tutor like $500,000 and you don't know anything? Like nothing? That's, that's. I mean, you know, I mean, that's it's probably pretty unlikely. Uh, but don't worry, we'll move on to another scandal. I, I actually sort of see it in, I mean, maybe this is like cynical of me, right? But like, I do know that I feel like, there, remember there was a, there was that thing about how um, people were, like, we just move on. Like, this won't, it's funny because like, we're, we're like frustrated this week, but like in a week, it won't even matter. It's like, uh, I can think of like three examples where there's sort of like this thing of like shadowy, powerful people doing bad things. Like, right? Like there was the people hiding their money in I, the Falkland Island, not the Falklands. I forget what the island was. Uh, basically a bunch of people were hiding their money and these papers came out about it and everyone was like, oh my God, all these rich people are doing this. And then they just forgot. And then, uh, similarly, um, you know, the thing came out with like Robert Kraft and it turns out that like maybe at that place there's like a bunch of powerful people who went there uh, to that, you know, uh, like brothel massage parlor uh, place. And then, you know, this college thing, like people are pissed, but like 
I don't, I don't know. I don't think anything, I think it's probably going to stay the same. It was funny because when I told people, like, you know, I heard maybe the Obamas had a little bit of it. You know, they, they work with some of those guys. I was like, they wouldn't. And I'm like, why? Like, what? <laughs> what's your evidence that they wouldn't? Um, You know, like pay, pay money to get into some, I don't know. I'm not sweating it. Uh, but I'm also, you know, not going to college. No, thankfully, I'm over that. I'm post. I'm post university. Um, so yeah, what what's been going on this week? Um, I was thinking that I went to the. Uh, I went to. I went to to a bunch of things. I went to see Charles White. This 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 uh. LA-based black artist. I saw two shows by him in the in the past week, and in between, I saw. Um, <laughs> I went to the Reagan uh, Presidential Library, so it was a real it was a real sandwich. It was a real it was a real cookies and cream sandwich, if you know what I mean. And uh, it was all three were dope. Everything was 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 really good. It was interesting to see Charles White. Uh, like one of his big uh, people he influences is, is Carrie James Marshall, who's like just an excellent, excellent artist. And so it's just really interesting to like. But it was an interesting exhibit because it had quotes from his students about working with Charles White and you know the impression he made on them and and you know and they felt it was super cool. Um, they really were fans of Charles White, so it was interesting to to see like an, an, an it was about Charles White, but as a teacher. This one exhibit, and actually, uh, the curator was uh, the person who gave a little speaking tour. Was actually his son, uh, breaking down things about Charles White, and yeah, it was just like it was. It was an interesting exhibit. If you are in LA, like I highly encourage you to see it because it really goes into how his students perceived him because he was a studio teacher, and I think that there's just something like you know the craft is really exposed. And I'm not talking about a Florida brothel. Um, I'm talking about just craft, artistic craft. And there we go. There we go. Uh, we're getting started with some, some jokes. Um, yeah, and just just all like these ideas about how he challenges students to be better artists, his methods, uh, what people took away from him, and also lessons he just not taught them taught them about craft, but also just about like life. And, um, you know, that the idea is that they're supposed to be sort of digging deeper within themselves. They're not supposed to be so concerned with the commercial outcome. And, I, you know, I could, if I was an artist, if I was an artist, because I'm not, if I was an artist, you know, that would be something I, I those are, those would be the precise kinds of questions I'd have. Um, and, you know, to have someone so neatly sort of answer them, but also challenge and push you to have new experiences. I don't necessarily, I mean, there, there is no such similar thing in comedy i feel like i feel like it's very it's hard like people i don't I don't know no one's ever like take me under the wing and explain stuff or never had discussions about professional things or uh commitments or, or what comedy is about uh so it's just interesting to think of that happening in the context of a school um so that was really cool um lacma as always gorgeous great place to eat sandwiches Number one, voted number one place to eat sandwiches uh, by me. Um, number two is, 
in the back of a in the back of a Maserati. That's also an Uber. Um, I don't feel like doing this. I feel like uh, I just want to just sit and chill. But I will. <laughs> but I will. I know that's what you want to hear. Um, but I went to the Reagan Memorial, and that was amazing. Honestly, like the uh, the Reagan Presidential Library was incredible. I just happened to be out there uh, for some other reasons. Um, I did meet with this dude who who told me some funny stories, um, but I'm not going to go into those. Uh, but I went to the Reagan Presidential Library, and I have to say, like, I'm not a big fan of Reagan. I will say, to be honest, like uh, my brother and I joked. Uh, when Reagan died, because we're cold-blooded, uh, we are also African American, and um, but we went there. Like, I mean, I went, and uh, I wanted to see what it was about. It was expensive. Reagan's presidential library is thirty-six bucks. I found a discount coupon uh, that only made it twenty-six bucks, uh, so it was that was decent. Uh, but it is expensive, so just be warned and try to find an online deal because you can save a lot of dough. Um, uh, and even some cheese. Uh, I, that's interesting. Dough and cheese. What part of a pizza is not a metaphor for money? Um, <laughs> here on Frontline. Um, okay. So we're back. Uh, we, uh, yeah, I went to the Reagan Presidential Library because I wanted to see what it was about. I, uh, I was in Dallas once and, uh, I wanted to see the Bush Library, but then at the last minute, I'd have to pay to see it, and, and then I didn't. And I really regret that because, like, I don't necessarily know when I'm going back to Dallas. I don't think, probably not anytime soon. And, you know, uh, it was just cool. Uh, you know, I regret not going to the Bush Museum. Just, to, you know, you want to see the story as told by those people. I just, I, I think it's always interesting it's like you know in sort of the new vein of the new me uh 2019 jack um wanting to see all perspectives uh so i went to the to the presidential library and i i I sort of understood i understood after seeing that exhibit i mean i understand that it the you know the one of the criticisms of the reagan library that i was talking with this with a colleague is that like it doesn't really show any dissenting views or any self-doubt um, which is actually sort of like Reagan himself, and um, but I, I really do believe that like he is a beloved ass president. You know what I mean? Like just beloved, and you know what comes through is like this thing of like optimism and sort of a humble, like a humility and optimism, and just sort of this positivity. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, that's that's what came through in the Reagan exhibit for me, uh, and I can see why people love that guy. Uh, you know, they just they just go crazy for him because he always he just he was a natural performer. It's really funny. Like, you know, I I was trying to talk with someone about this that like I have a, a friend who's a who is a uh, he's like a technocrat. You know, like he used to work in the legislature, and I'm like technocrat. And we were talking about why politics isn't more technocratic. And he's Republican, but we, you know, you're just talking about why it isn't. I'm like, no one likes nerds. No one likes nerds. You know, like nerds get put in lockers. That's that's where nerds go. They don't they don't get to be prom king or queen. It never happens. That's not the way it works. The closest you can do is like a can't buy me love sort of situation where you're like a nerd. But you put in the effort, and you can turn it around and sort of be charismatic, which is what Obama did. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, for the most part, oof, it's hard. You know, you, you're not born with acting skill. Like, I don't think Reagan was born with acting skill, but like in the early part of the exhibit, it became very clear that like he put in a lot of work in like being an actor and then went, like, you know, he was an actor in uh, high school and then in college and then he went to radio and was a performer there. And then, he, you know, he, he got a shot at being an actor and he came out to L.A. and started being in a few movies. And then he became the head of SAG AFTRA. And then, uh, or I guess at that point it was just SAG. And um, and then he uh, got hired. It was His story is fascinating. He got hired by GE to be like the the host, the presenter for like the GE radio hour uh, where there'd be like some kind of play or show. And he would be like, hello, I'm Ronald Reagan. I'm here to tell you <laughs> that's Vincent Price. That's just another all I all my impressions are actually just Vincent Price. They're all variations on Vincent Price. Um Hello. Uh, I can't do Reagan. But um but yeah, you know, he just he communicates and projects like a ton of warmth and a ton of kindness and welcomingness. And I think people just absorb that. But anyways, he's the host of the G E radio hour, right? Or G E like hour on TV, and then he uh, as part of that, GE likes him so much, they make him like an ambassador for the company. So he travels around the country going to different GE factories and talking with the, I went to GE factories all around the country and I talked to workers about what was going on in their lives. And, you know, he, he is, you know what I mean? Like that's that again, you know, like I was saying before with like Benjamin Netanyahu getting that training or Trump getting that training, uh, which I talked about in a previous episode, like him getting that training, doing, uh, doing, uh, the apprentice, um, and King BB getting the training like with Lillian Wilder, like Trump just, I mean, uh, like Reagan just got tons of training. Like, not only did he have training as an actor from all his work, right, and being a communicator, but also, like, you know, when he toured all these GE factories and talked with people. Like, it, literally, he was getting training in, like, retail politics, like, but just on GE's dime. It's incredible when you think about it. You know what I mean? Like, the amount. And he did that for, like, eight years. So, you know, he got, like, really just so sharp on connecting with people. Just fascinating. You know, it's like, yeah, he just is going to mop the floor with everybody. He's he's like he's like Kobe and he he's just not taking any summers off. You know what I mean? He's just so sharp. Just show 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 sharp about connecting with people. Just incredibly sharp. It's insane. Uh, So I don't know. That, that was just interesting. And also everyone uh, craps on the Simi Valley. Simi Valley is gorgeous i don't believe that there's anything to do in the simi valley but it is beautiful it is one of the most beautiful places i've seen in southern california and it just i think in some ways maybe the expect my expectations were so low um one of my colleagues like lives in simi valley and he's like it's so boring there like he lives there he raises his children there and he's like it's so boring there's nothing to do <laughs> But when I was out there, I was, like, at the top of, like, the presidential library. When you exit, you're like, oh, this is some of the most beautiful landscape. And the elevation and the hills, it's just gorgeous. I don't I don't even know why, like, humans think, like, mountains. I don't know why they're beautiful. I, I, like, it, like, it's never, 
I mean, not that it needs a reason, but I mean, like, really, like, why is why are mountains beautiful? Like, why are they so stirring? I I don't understand. Like, is it because like we're like, oh, well, these mountains are like beautiful. Like, there must be some good food there. I don't like what part of my brain just is like, I dig this. This is good. I'm enjoying this. Like, but I do. It was breathtaking. I wanted to spend more time there, but I I, had, I wanted to go catch up with my friend and meet her baby. Meet her baby. And I met her baby, and her baby was wonderful. Uh, very, very uh, just funny kid. Hilarious. Um, it is, uh, you know, just an adorable, adorable, adorable kid. Um, two and a half months old. Just, just fun. You know, trying to talk to you, trying to communicate things. Didn't really understand her, but uh, but she was dope. And she, it's funny, she kept her arm up like she was like a pro wrestler who wasn't, you know, who wasn't down for the count. Like throwing that shoulder up. Oh, it was so adorable. Uh, it was funny hanging out with my friend, though. Um, it's funny, like, because I think this is like the first, like, really close... Like I've 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 friends who have kids, but like this is my closest. This is like my my like my best one of my best friends who's female, right? And so we talk like real talk about like what it's like to have a kid, and it is just so hilarious. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just funny. Like everything is funny about. It. I was telling her that like, and even another like uh, a friend of mine. Like I I went and would hang out with her, and she's just you know pulling up her shirt and just like just pulling out her, her boob it was just i mean which is fine but it is just hilarious to just see so you're trying to talk with someone and they just like lift it you know like what do you i wasn't prepared for this and now it's like awkward you have to like main you don't want to like look away because like i do when someone's entering their password on a computer like i tend to i just instinctively will just like reflexively be like well uh, this is private but it would be rude to do that while someone's breastfeeding. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, I hang out with – I have some hippie friends, right? And so she literally just, like, just pulls up her shirt and just, like, slaps the kid on it and doesn't give me any kind of, like, warning. And I'm just like, what is going on here? I feel like – like, am I at brunch or is this, like, a Girls Gone Wild video? <laughs> like, like what's going on? It's it's just funny. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, and – but also just like it's also just funny to talk with someone while they're while they're breastfeeding. You know what I mean? Like I'm very comfortable talking with someone who's on the can or if I'm on the can. I try to not, I will actually talk with people and just go into the bathroom and act like it ain't a thing. So I guess I do the same thing. I just will have a conversation then I'll go to the bathroom. I will close the door. I'm not I'm not a barbarian. But then I'll just try to keep the conversation going and some people will just be like, "Nah, I can't do that. Can't do that." I have some family members who are just like, "No. No. Hold that thought." but not that poop. You know what I mean? Like just hold that thought, but not that poop. And, uh, and they just, they're not messing with it. So it was funny. This, this friend of mine, she's on the less. So my other friend who, who just like lifts up her shirt. And then it's awkward because you, you are trying to make, it's like, I don't want to look away because that feels like I'm making it weird. So I've got to like lock eyes with you while this is all going on and like keep a conversation going and it's just weird like it's it's like my brain overheats you know 
<laughs> like my eyes <laughs> go, go across like well, go, go. like it's like something out of the three stooges uh is probably what my face looks like as i'm trying to have that conversation but i try to like keep a poker face i think i gave myself like a hernia like just trying to maintain normalcy in that context it's so hard it's so so very hard uh and i'm just i'm just trying to do the best i can I'm just I'm trying to do the breast, the breast I can. <laughs> that is so stupid. Um, but yeah, it was funny. Uh, you know, my friend, uh, she's sort of in between. You know, she didn't ask me to leave the room. She didn't go to another room because, like, we just we have really great conversations. So, uh, just like such just such fun conversations. So, like, you know, we just didn't break. But she she did like put a thing over her over her her like over herself like a like a like a jacket type thing and then she just had the kid underneath breastfeeding but it was hilarious because the kid the kid's legs were sticking out and it was just like it that was surreal that was even that might have been the weirdest that's even weirder uh or more uncomfortable because uh, i mean i even said it to her i was like it looks like your baby's just like it's just these legs are sticking out it's like the end of the blair witch project when he goes to the house and then the dude's just standing in the corner and he's like why are you standing in the corner and then like gets hit with something and then the camera drops and you're like oh fuck you know like this kid's legs were just sticking out it looked it looked like <laughs> it looked like the baby was dead you know what i mean like it just it freaked me out it, i was like man your baby's just like super still uh you know but it was just funny to like see the outline of like a baby like underneath a blanket and i'm trying to have a conversation like it's funny because it was almost like the solution is even more like the cure is even more distracting than the initial condition. The solution is more distracting than the problem. Uh, but hey, you know, we're friggin' animals. <laughs> we're like, we're animals, right? Like, you know, like kids got to get milk. Um, I was holding a kid. The kid asked, looked up at me. I've held babies before and they try to like breastfeed on me and I'm like, nah, man, like, <laughs> uh, I, sorry, I don't have anything for you. They're like quarter pounder with cheese. And I'm like, no, sorry. You're going to have to, going to have to hand you off to your mom for that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's cool. I mean, like all jokes aside, beautiful, happy for her. Kids, gorgeous, you know, great kid, uh, you know really good on the drums uh i don't know that doesn't mean anything i'm just i mean you know it's also like what can you say about a kid that's you know two and a half months old right like there's not that much to say yeah pretty cool she's fun she's very friendly good sleeper i mean right like those are the qualities and it's funny like i feel like it's nice to have like to meet to have some friends with babies that are not family members because you can't say anything like that with family members it's just like everything is perfect and awesome and wonderful but like you know with like a like a kid who's uh you know your your friend's kid you could just be like ah, yeah yeah all right sure she's cool but it was fun to, it was fun to hold her like kids but it is interesting like the funnest a kid can be is make like a funnest like a baby can be is just making eye contact with you or like wiggling around, right? Like or smiling. Like that's that's what they can do. 
They don't really have and and once you've seen it, you know every trick they have in the book. That's it. That's all they got. Um, it's cool though. It's cool. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, what we. Oh yeah, it was funny. She told me a funny story about how like she went and hung out with like a bunch of other moms, and like they all had their babies with them, and uh, and this one mom just like just pulled her breasts out and just you know just started breastfeeding, and then she put like her her like uh shirt thing like over herself and breastfed and she felt like she was like she felt self-conscious she was like am i supposed to be am i supposed to be doing this you know like like she felt like the other person had established like the proper way to breastfeed for the group and it was like she felt a little weird she felt like she was making maybe an or an orthodox move and i was like nah just you know be yourself that's there's no, I mean, there's no joke. I just, that, that was, that was like a real exchange. Um, I, uh, and that was, that was cool. Uh, back to Reagan. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a really interesting museum. Uh, interesting to look at the 80s through a political lens. I was born in the 80s, but, uh, you know, I have to say I don't remember much of it. And, um, just interesting to see, uh, you know, like how he described himself, how um, how Reagan thought of himself, and but I can see, I can see why he is uh, beloved, and also, you know, it's interesting to look at the economic problems America was facing at the time, um, and you know, and the political or geopolitical issues America was facing, and have that all put in context. Was uh, was freaking cool. I really dug it. I dug it. I dig it. Uh, yeah. There was also a Pompeii exhibit, which was uh, a little underwhelming, uh, but fun to uh, to still see. I don't know. But the Reagan, they literally had a decommissioned Air Force One. There and I went on it, and I have to say I had really high hopes, and then I was just sort of underwhelmed. I was like, "Oh, it's just a plane. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing like special about it." <laughs> uh, but I was looking forward to it, and uh, you know, it disappointed. Uh, sort of like trickle down economics. Okay, all right. Um, uh, who? I was thinking today uh, that I was thinking about a couple things. I was thinking that, um, you know, like I, I went to, uh, so I hung out with some friends yesterday and I watched a uh, boxing match with them. And that was, uh, that was fun. We watched a whole card. Uh, the last fight was pretty decent. The uh, second to last fight was excellent. And I really don't know anything about boxing. So it's cool to hang out with dudes who know about boxing and we'll talk about it and you learn stuff and it's educational. Uh, but like, it is funny to think that like boxing is literally, I mean, it is the friggin' worst. Like, it's so, boxing is like the, everything about it is, a, it's, it's just crazy. Everything about boxing is nuts. Like, I mean, these guys were like boxing aficionados and they were just like, yeah, no, no one boxes 
because they want to. Like every boxer, every everyone who boxes, like it, it's it's all you only box like at that at the highest level of boxing if your life is basically just fucked up. Like it's impossible for you because who would want to stay and t- get punched? And I get that actually. Like that actually makes a lot of sense to me. There's just no, I mean, who would ever want to get like hit in the face? You know, it's not like playing a sport. That's not like Tom Brady, you know, doing stretching. It's like literally just violence. And, uh, and it's so fun to watch because it's violence, right? Cause it's, it taps into human nature. I was telling, I remember talking with someone about boxing and she was like, I can't watch it. Like it's just, it hurts me so much when someone gets hit. And I'm like, I think you're just empathizing with the wrong person. You know, you, everyone is empathizing. You're empathizing. Like, if you are watching boxing and it's unpleasant for you, you're doing it all wrong. Because you're empathizing uh, with the person getting hit. And everyone else, and people who enjoy boxing, they're empathizing with the person who's doing the hitting. I think even the guy, I mean, my personal opinion is even the guy getting hit is sort of empathizing with the only person who's not empathizing with the with the guy doing the hitting is the guy getting hit. And even he might be like, "Damn, I'm killing this dude." Like he might be empathizing with the guy hitting him. Um it's just it's it's fun and it's it I think it's I think part of the reason that boxing is scary and sports is scary is because it's irrational and it's arbitrary. You know what I mean? Like it's literally the most exposed game. You know, aside from like, I don't know, the real estate or the economy, like, uh, or microeconomics or city planning, you know, I mean, those are all games too, but I think it makes people uncomfortable, the, the arbitrariness of it. And I'm like, but that's precisely, I think what should be celebrated in sport, you know, like it was just funny. Oh my God. It was just funny to watch a boxing, a whole boxing card with guys who love the sport yet told me so much about how it's corrupt and rigged, and none of the matches are truly competitive in a lot of cases, and it's all just like a big game uh, for people to advance, you know, and have these undefeated records, and they're inflated because they beat up a bunch of old guys who are who need to stay in the game because they have the IRS knocking at their door, and it's just you know it's just a horrible horrible lifestyle, but. But at the same time, they can't get enough of the boxing. Not the boxers and, you know, my, my friends who are, were big into the fight. You know, they told me stories about one of the, one of the boxers. It was crazy. His, his mom would do a thing. Uh, I forget what his name is. Uh, but he's like considered one of the best boxers. Um, and, uh, and like his, his mom literally would go and make him fight every kid in the neighborhood and if he lost and if he refused to she would beat him up and if he lost any of the fights uh she would beat him up and apparently in the ring he's just a mean he's just like just the meanest guy like you know it's not like he's a boxer where he's just like boxing he's a fighter first of all his 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 um his uh you know his uh, like form is just apparently awful. Like he, he's he's not. He has terrible, terrible form, and um, and 
uh oh Terrence Crawford. Yeah, he's just he's just like just the meanest guy. Uh and they they asked you know, but in like literally he'll get angry if you try to fight back against him. I mean, it's like almost like something like like out of like in a and uh <laughs> like in a, out of like an abusive household. Uh but yeah, I mean, he he's just mean. And uh oh 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 he's also from Omaha which you know I, him and Warren Buffett and uh but basically like you know they've interviewed his mom about it and his mom is like yeah like like he you know like Terrence Crawford has gone interviews and said my mom has never told me that she loves me and they've asked his mom and his mom's response was why I gotta say it <laughs> it's incredible I mean uh it's it's you know what I mean like oh. God, you know, another guy, he's coming back uh, from, you know, this one guy, he's coming back from, like, losing his title because of, uh, like, a co- cocaine use. Um, just everyone, everyone's messed up, you know? People go through money like water in this, in, in boxing. But it is just, it's, you know, it's it's a spectacle. It is... It is a sport of the people, uh, for the people, by, you know, five guys making 90% of the money. <laughs> um, it's also, like, amazing, because it is, it's literally the most racist, sexist, homophobic sport. It is, it's, it is truly of the people. And, like, by that, I mean, you know, like, you know, if you speak in Spanish... Uh, you know, if you, if you speak in Spanish, apparently like, uh, you, uh, like, you know, you speak in Spanish, like if, if you're Puerto Rican, but you don't speak Spanish, the Puerto Ricans really aren't going to like back you and buy your fights. So like everything is connected to like an ethnic group, right? Like, and that's just classic. That's like the history of boxing. Also of uh, of 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 uh, the failure of reconstruction. Interestingly, they share the same things. Um, but yeah, you know, just just meanness, right? Like, and you could even see this, like when um, like the reason Floyd Mayweather is the biggest boxer in the world is because you know originally he was a very good boxer, and he still is a very good boxer, but. He basically turned into a negative, you know, when he went became Money Mayweather, he became like this asshole who wears like a bunch of chains. And his theory, which ultimately I guess was proven right, was like if he, you know, basically like, I, you know, his strategy was if I just uh, like, you know, if I, if I act like a jerk, black people will support me and... Uh, white people will black people will pay to watch me fight because I'm brash and or black people will pay to to watch me because I'm brash and uh and black uh and, and white people will pay because they want to see me lose and because they hate me they he hate me and I just think that that's like right that's fascinating that like that that's the way the sport works and even even look at like one of the highest grossing fights was like McGregor versus Mayweather and they were just spewing all of this just just totally terrible vile things 
uh, you know, with each other, towards each other. And the fight was a huge hit. That it's it's just it was it was it was a huge success. It just made me think, like maybe you know, maybe we do think about. I mean, like even for me wanting to be in entertainment, like you know, like not that that's the way it should be, but like yeah, I mean, you know, the, one of the big complaints is like Hollywood is racist. It's like yeah, I mean, but like if you look at boxing, it's like maybe it should be racist. You know, like, uh, and and that's fuck. That's really terrible to say, but like. Hollywood, right? Like, or, or anything. Like, like, Hollywood entertainment, boxing, a lot of the stuff is culture. It's business. The business is culture. And culture is an ethnic. So, categorizing people is sort of like, I mean, it's not a great artistic strategy. I'm sure it's not necessarily amazing for uh, the sport. But, uh, but I will say it is uh, a way to draw in people's eyeballs. And, yeah, I don't know. Just just interesting. Just interesting thing to think about. Um, uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's what I wanted to say about boxing. Just fascinating but i i don't know i prefer the ufc it's sort of fun uh so i I like watching it i feel like there's a lot more knockouts i mean i think that's the reason it's not like i'm enlightened uh but they're pointing out that like boxing one of the reasons a boxing can be still accessible but like you know something like mma will never become mainstream is because like boxing is cheap like it literally is the it's one of the cheapest sports I mean, you need, like, a bag. It can be old and beat up. Boxing gyms look like shit. They're not nice. MMA, like, you have to get direct individual instruction. Gym memberships are generally expensive. Uh, You know, it's sort of an... It's weird because it's fighting, but it's, like, an upscale thing. Uh, So, I mean, the one thing that, like, UFC has going for it is the fact that there are so many successful white fighters in it. Uh, so they can tap into like bigger markets and demographics uh, for making money. Uh, so you know that's promising. There's hope. Don't worry. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's you know like it's just you know essentially like fighters that don't have a following can't demand much money, uh, and that following can be based on something positive or it can be based on something negative. But like it's all about having a following. Of some sort. And then you can charge a lot for the fights. So, yeah. I don't know. That's that's what I uh, wanted to say. I think this is going to be a short episode. Uh, that's all that really happened this week. Went for a nice hike. Yeah, that's it. Okay, we're going to cut this one short. Peace.